Hello, welcome to Flow with Flow, a new podcast all about contemporary dance. I'm in training and I thought a podcast would be a really good excuse to chat some leading choreographers, performers and everybody in between. I'm now going to pass over to Flow in the studio, which is also known as my bedroom floor. Hello and welcome. Should I start doing that voice? No, literally fuck off. Okay, today I'm speaking to Jada Tank from Jada Tank Dance in Brighton. I'm, once again, pretty blooming excited. We're here. Jada Tank's on the waiting room. Let's admit. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. You just got back from a ballet class, so feeling good. Fun. You've been moving. Moving and grooving, <laughs> as always. Ready for Easter holidays, though, to be Yeah, honest. I bet. <laughs> Pretty tired. So you're in creation this week? I was in creation last week. So, yeah, we kind of worked towards um, sharing towards the end of last week and now catching up on a lot of admin that I've been ignoring. Nothing worse than emails. Just keep ignoring them, <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. So what's your creation for? Do you want to speak a little bit through what you are doing last week? Yeah, so we're creating a new work at the moment um, called Kuzla, and it's premiering as part of the Brighton Festival in May. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, it's a piece. I've been working on it for such a long time because I kind of started the research and development pre-COVID, then went into lockdown and everything got shut down. Also, in that time, like myself and a couple of the other dancers had um, babies. <laughs> lockdown babies so then when it came like when it all kind of things started happening again I almost had to start completely afresh so it feels yeah I had to start almost from scratch some new company dancers um yeah basically start the process all over again so yeah it's really exciting to kind of finally be in a place where we've got something to show but yeah it's, it the piece is um it's kind of a bit of a celebration of women and what it means to be female and um, kind of challenging some of those traditional gender stereotypes that are found in dance. Like, obviously, my interests lie specifically with traditional folk dance where there are really clear gender roles. But then I, I think as my research has gone on, I've found that that is it's kind of apparent across a lot of styles where there are either very stereotypically masculine and stereotypically feminine um styles but also in some styles there are clear roles like if you look at I don't know salsa it's like right the male's always leading and the female follows and so yeah we've got research has kind of taken me everywhere which is really fun (laughs) yeah that's really exciting there's a lot to research when it comes to gender roles in dance exactly I mean obviously in specifics like in ballet and things very old-fashioned gender roles you notice it breaking down slightly in schools now I know like Ron Bear have started doing all mixed classes things like that but yeah it's definitely I think it is we're getting to a really good place with it but yeah I, mm. I guess where a lot of my work has been specifically traditional Turkish folk dance um yeah. being half Turkish that's where my interests lie and that's wh- where I really started to notice a huge kind of stereotypic stereotypical gender um mm-hmm. division I guess 
So your Turkish background sort of directed a lot of your dance, a lot of sort of where, like you said, where your interests lie. Um, how did you connect into that? Have you been to Turkey, that sort of thing? Or did you grow up learning um, Turkish folk dance? So um, after my degree, I was invited to spend some time at a folk dance and music conservatoire in Turkey. So that instead of almost almost instead of like doing a master's or a postgrad, I went there and spent a solid amount of time just training in folk dance because I really didn't know a lot about Turkish folk dance, even though I was really connected with the culture in so many other ways. And I, you know, I speak Turkish. Um, I've kind of always been visiting two, three times a year. I've got loads of family there. But yeah, I didn't really know much about folk dance. So that was a really like insightful period where I could just throw myself in and I'd learn all different styles from all the different regions. And um, I guess that's when I noticed that I was like, oh, this movement vocabulary is really exciting. And it was also just the way, the way they were training was so different to how I'd been training here. Um, it was not that it wasn't fun here, but it was just so, it was all about just moving and having fun and, really working together there wasn't that same competitiveness that you get in like your traditional technique class contemporary technique class in the UK it was it just had a very different feel to it and I just thought there was that that kind of community um feeling and that joyous element should be like incorporated with contemporary dance yeah it's a nice way to um look at the collaboration between the two styles had a lot of people ask me um to talk to someone about bringing styles together I think it's something that's quite prominent especially in today's contemporary where like there seems to be sort of a fight for trying new things out and as there should be exploring that sort of thing how has it been for you taking your training and then your Turkish training and sort of trying to bring them together I think at first it was it was tricky because my company dancers were all contemporary trained dancers and I tried to connect with some Turkish groups here, but there, were, there wasn't really any like solid folk dance groups based in the UK. There were a couple of classes I visited in London and stuff, but it, it was more like um, kids classes and, and things like that. There was no company, I guess. So, um, yeah, I kind of just it. It was me teaching the contemporary dancers, which did mean it felt like they were always receiving the information secondhand because I'm by no means a Turkish folk dance expert. I'd gone and learned it and I was coming back and teaching it. So at first it kind of felt like it was a lot of trial and error and trying to find a way to merge the styles in like an organic way. But as time's gone on and I've spent more time in Turkey and also been lucky enough to take my company of dancers out there a couple of times to also train it just it comes natural now it's just it's so part of what we make and lots of my dancers have been with me a very long time like a couple of them have been with me over 10 years so they really know the style now and even they say when they go and teach other workshops it's really hard to kind of break out of that because it's so ingrained in them as well and what they do now that's so nice no that's amazing especially being able to take them out to turkey yeah, it, well, that was really amazing. And we're hoping to go again. We've been invited again this year. It just all depends on yeah. funding and how we're, and how we're going to get there. <sighs> Funding's always an issue. <laughs> exactly. <Funding's> always <laughs> a problem. So, um, 
yeah talking about how you create with your Turkish influence also just your process of creation how does that work for you where do your inspirations lie um yeah and how do you what's the process and do you always use I'm interested as well in Brighton are you always in the studio um so it's a real mix like in terms of creation all a, a lot of my people well, almost all of my pieces do have this um kind of I guess underlying theme of ritual and ceremonies um and community so although they have different subject matter there's kind of this thread throughout and I think I think now we've got to a place where the works are quite recognizable as being my works there's often you know circle formations which is always found in Turkish folk dance and there's like there's I guess things you can pinpoint in every piece that tie them together and is part of the creation but obviously depending on the subject matter how we navigate that creation period does alter slightly it's very collaborative with the dancers like I said I'm so lucky that lots of my dancers have been with me a really long time which means I can really trust that when I set creative tasks or when we're working on things collaboratively you know we get really good results of yeah it's they they kind of know what I want now in terms of um yeah, movement vocabulary and stuff like that which is really useful and um yeah I have a studio in Brighton so we do spend a majority of our time rehearsing here but then because I rent out the studios often clashes and I have to find other space but it's sometimes really nice to actually also get out of Brighton like recently we did a rehearsal period at English National Ballet and it was it was just nice to be in a completely different space and you get new inspirations don't you different people in the building and yeah, new space, new kind of energy, which is really exciting as well to move around from time to time. Yeah, it's nice to get a new inspiration. And I think being in a new space, especially for me, creates so much like, so much more space in my brain. Getting yeah, definitely. Into a new place, that sort of thing. So can I ask where you trained before you went to Turkey? Yeah, so I trained at the um, University of Roehampton mm-hmm. in southwest London. Which was great. Like I, I, I kind of like wasn't sure whether I wanted to do conservatoire or university. And I think I'd always had, even from like GCSE, I'd had a real interest in the academic side of dance. Um, and yeah, I think Roehampton was obviously really strong for that. Mm-hmm. They have a really good academic team and a real variety. I guess we probably got a less practical training than a conservatoire, mm-hmm. but it was such a range of modules and a range of things. We, it, we weren't kind of all narrowed into one avenue. Was, there was the options were endless. You know, you could you could do anything from teaching to choreography to um, dance criticism and world music and dance. So I think it was a really good place for me, and it's definitely what shaped my interest going forward. So, how did you get from training at Roehampton? into having your own company what was that process so it like? was at, it was actually the um trip to turkey i think that made yeah. me decide i wanted to start a company mm. like like i said when i was there i found the movement really inspiring and really exciting i thought i've got to bring this movement back to the uk somehow um and it was then that i was like right i want to start making works with traditional folk Turkish folk dance as an influence and kind of using my heritage as an influence um so yeah I just I contacted some of my friends that I trained with and 
and some friends from other places, like some of my old school friends had trained at the place and Larvin and stuff. So I kind of got a little group together and was like, right, let's get in the studio and try out some ideas. And it literally, it literally started from that. It was a, I guess, a group of friends. I wanted to make work. They wanted to perform work. Obviously, it was a really hard time when you first graduate and you're all going to auditions and nothing's really coming about. So um, we were all in a place where we wanted to do something. And I think it was just a good opportunity for us all to get together and make work. I mean, we obviously had no funding at the time. It was just a case of me being like, I'll pay your train fares. I'll buy you lunch. Do you want to get in the studio? And luckily they did. No, that's that's super lucky. I think that's how most people start zero funding in a studio, if even in a studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then now you're in Brighton, obviously. What took you from London to Brighton? So I grew up in Brighton and okay. um, I spent a lot of, obviously, a lot of time here. And then when I was in London, I did love being in London, but I kind of always had this urge to come back. I think Brighton, it is like a mini London in lots of ways. It's like, obviously, by the sea, which is lovely. Um, Especially in summer. And, yeah it's also it's a pretty big city but you can walk around almost everywhere which I loved I think in London it just felt so big and um I think as well I just kind of had this feeling that if I really wanted to make a successful choreographic career I felt like Brighton was the right place to be because it was a lot less saturated like London there's so many incredible companies and choreographers working I mean there are in Brighton too but obviously less so so I just felt like it would potentially be slightly easier to get noticed, which I, I don't know if that was the case, but it seems to have worked out so far. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's kind of impossible to tell, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I had family here and I was just, yeah, I was really lucky I moved back home for a bit at first because obviously when you first graduate and you've got no money and no job, <laughs> I was like, right, I'll move back home, perfect way to save a bit of money and start this career. Amazing. So when you moved back home, was your, so you went to Turkey, moved back home. And then was it like just a case of I'm making this company, I'm grinding for that? Pretty much. I mean, I knew that it was going to be hard solely doing that. So I started my own like contemporary classes and stuff to get get a bit more income um, to kind of help fund the company and other things. So I'd, I just contacted all my old schools and colleges and dance schools in the area to see because there wasn't a lot of um, contemporary dance kind of available. And I remember there was when I was younger and I was kind of thinking, where's it all gone? There was there used to be things like Brighton Hove Youth Dance Company and several other things going on that seemed to have kind of disappeared. So um, there was definitely a gap in the market to start classes. And I basically did that and I started my youth company my professional company it kind of grew from there where there was obviously a bit of a need for it in Brighton and I'm now the contemporary dancing in Brighton is massive and it's amazing but um yeah like I said at the time I there wasn't loads going on so I definitely it was kind of like a bit of a right place at the right time and your youth company I mean I have a couple friends I think that have done your youth company oh really at Northern yeah like um Kaya. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. Kaya? There's two Kayas, I think, at both in Northern. Towson. Oh, yeah, nice. Kaya Butler. Hey, I didn't know Kaya Butler. Yeah, she's doing Verve next year. Oh, my God, amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, she's a good friend of mine. And who else? Did Julia? 
Julia. Yeah. Her sister's in my professional company now. Oh, no way. Yeah, I watched her sister in Avant-Garde. Oh, yeah, she's in Avant-Garde as yes. well. Um, she was one of my first ever youth company dancers. Julia's really? Julia's sister, Gabby, yeah. So wow. she started, she must, it must have been like 11 years ago now. And it was really small. I probably only had about eight people come to audition because no one really knew about me or what was going on. And she was one of them. And then obviously she stayed in the youth company for about four or five years, went on to Northern and then Edge. And then I employed her as an apprentice dancer. And now she's a professional dancer. So it's kind of gone full circle and she's working for me now. She also teaches for me. She does admin. She kind of does everything. (laughs) That's so nice. Keep her her close. Yeah, exactly. She's brilliant. Like a little family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, I'm I'm interested in the dance in Brighton. So my brother lives in Brighton. Oh, right. um, And my other sibling lived there for a bit. So I spent quite, I wouldn't, quite quite a lot of time. I wouldn't say loads, but quite a lot of time in Brighton. And I remember going once and I was like, I really like it here. Is there anything I can do dance-wise? And then started doing some research and found your company. Obviously, spoke to a couple of friends that lived in Brighton. Um, your studio is one of the first things I saw. Firstly, looks lovely. Thank you. <laughs> very well decorated. <laughs> that's my parents. They're very good interior designers. I'm very oh, lucky. That's nice. Yeah, my mum's quite good at interior design as well. Don't, don't look at my room. This is an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Student room doesn't count. Yeah. Um, so you started teaching classes and... Would you say stuff in Brighton started to pick up after that sort of period? Like, what do you think influenced the dance to come back to Brighton a little bit? I don't know if it was just, I think a lot of it is to do with things like all the CAT schemes and NYDC. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's so much more available now for young people that the standard has just gone through the roof. It's insane. The level of kind of talent now compared to when I was um you know teenager is ridiculous it's um, yeah it's incredible and I think that's obviously really helped with um making the dance scene grow that there's loads of youth companies and stuff based here now and I think we even had our own kind of mini cat scheme for a little while um Mm. but yeah um I guess it's just a a mix of things but I opened my studio about seven years ago which again meant there was a space for me to provide even more contemporary dance because at the time I was just teaching one or two classes in several different kind of local dance schools that did the like usual tap ballet modern um so yeah it was I think potentially that helped push it as well a little bit but then now we've got things like the dance space that's recently opened um marina studio so there's quite a lot of offerings in terms of yeah what's available and it's great I mean I still yeah I still lots of my dancers still go up to London for their workshops and things because there's obviously even more choice um but we're getting there I think in Brighton it feels it feels good it feels exciting it's really exciting it's exciting to see more dance out of London definitely really really exciting yeah not that London isn't amazing but it's exciting to see other places start to start to be able to build up and especially offering it to younger people yeah definitely I think that that's where it all starts really yeah for sure yeah definitely so are you going back to your creation process soon yeah so we um kind of were working towards this like small informal invited audience sharing where we this was on Friday and we invited 
partners and collaborators just to get some feedback because I think I often like work 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 and push so hard for a big premiere but then first time it's ever been on stage is the premiere and I did that before and I was thinking oh this is what I'd change if I had time but I'd already kind of put it all out there so I was like right this time around I'm gonna make the piece earlier get some feedback and give myself time to develop the piece because rather than pushing all just for the premiere and all the focus is on that. Um, so it's just really good to get it on stage with costume and lights and a small audience. I think it was only about 40 people, but um, to, yeah, gain feedback. So then moving forward, when we go back into creation, we've got some like valuable opinions of people that we know and trust, which is yeah really exciting to be in that position now. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's quite, I think it's, it's nice to be able to see it on stage and, Sometimes you don't know what works and doesn't work until you exactly until it's literally Sorry. in front of you. Yeah, which is annoying if that's the premiere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so making, sorry, going a bit back and forth here. No, but right. when you were making your company, starting dance classes and that sort of thing, were you working alongside that, like a like a, a part time job, coffee shop vibes? I actually wasn't. I um, it was mainly the teaching and stuff that. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah paid my wage um I was just really like adamant that I was like if I'm gonna do this I've got to go in you know full force and just really yeah go for this dance career because I think it is so hard and I also think having come out of a university setting as opposed to conservatoire I already felt potentially a little bit on the back foot with that so I was like mm-hmm. um yeah, I just went in and I just started teaching. I put on loads of my own classes, so I'd hire a studio and then charge the dancers, which meant I could gain a lot more income more quickly than if mm-hmm. I was just getting paid like a normal teacher's rate. Um, and kind of went from then. It did build up quite quickly. I then quite soon after that got a position as an associate lecturer at the University of Chichester, which was brilliant because it meant I got to make work on their third-year mm-hmm. company um, and since then their master's company, Map Dance. So yeah, still I'm still there now, and that's like a that was a really good kind of solid job for me. It has been for the last I don't even know how long I've been there, probably nine years or something. Nice, and that feels like a bit more, a bit um, more security, I guess. Yeah, a bit more stable. <laughs> I was going to say the dance sometimes dance industry isn't looking too like stable when I looked at it. No, it feels a bit scary, but it's it's worth it. It's yeah. worth the risk. Everything's the risk. I'm you. good at taking risks and every yeah, all the risks so far have paid off. I feel like that's a dangerous piece of advice, <laughs> but I'm gonna take it. <laughs> it's so funny. My dad's a massive risk taker, my mum's the opposite, and I've definitely got it from him. Even like with opening my studio, I was like, oh, I haven't quite got the money to make this work, but I'm gonna find a way and I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and it and it's worked. It has worked, it's been worth it. <laughs> And I can't imagine how nice it is to have your own studio. It is amazing. Like I feel so lucky. And we're, whenever we're in there rehearsing, I just think, oh, this is our space. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a little home. Yeah, it's so lovely. No, it's amazing. I think a lot of companies don't have their own sort of base now. It's a lot of moving about. Yeah, and that's that was exactly like us. Like mm. there wasn't really a big kind of rehearsal space in Brighton there were lots of little dance schools but not nowhere to like rehearse as a company and I spent a lot of time traveling around to make work and to do R&D and getting dancers from one place to another so I did feel like we really needed it for ourselves but also for 
the other artists that were working in Brighton because when obviously I don't use it full time I wish I was a full-time company but that's just not how it works um so yeah when we're not using it we can rent it out to other people to use and it's it's just a really nice space for those kind of Brighton-based artists or southeast-based artists to have mm-hmm. somewhere to work from and not always have to go to London or elsewhere to make their work. And how's the funding process been with with the company? Um, I actually didn't apply for funding for like a couple of years. I think I was really hesitant. Um, I just don't know. I kept thinking, oh, no, I've got to get more of a name for myself and I've got to make more and do more before I apply and I actually in hindsight I don't think I did need to um mm. so yeah it wasn't until a few years in that I first applied for Arts Council funding and I think it maybe took us two or three I want to say the third go we got it I think maybe second or third it wasn't straight away um and then since then I feel really fortunate that we've had a lot of successful applications which is amazing but it is a bit of a craft writing those applications. Like, I mean, it's always blown my mind that they don't even really ask you for a video of your work. It's all about how you write, which is mad because you think, God, you don't, you haven't ever, I mean, they have seen my work now, but at the time I was thinking, oh, I, you think the first question would be prove you can make good work. <laughs> also, that's terrifying because I think so many dancers aren't the most academically, well, you could say ex academic, aren't the most like, aren't the best at writing yeah basically it is definitely yeah it's definitely a craft but there are people out there that can help you and arts council yeah. are really helpful as well when you need it they mm. they're kind of always there you can phone them and there's live chats and things so yeah. there are definitely ways of getting help and support with writing the application but it's just one of those things yeah it's kind of like once you've got the right formula that works then it's yeah you can hopefully see success with them but it, again it's, it's yeah it's so lucky without that money I wouldn't still be making work so it's and it's also I know now now a lot of people have lost that funding they have and it's getting hard it's just getting harder and harder to I keep hearing of people that are not getting their bids and it's yeah I mean someone told me a statistic recently I don't know if it's true or not it's like one of those rumors but that it's like 12 percent success rate which I think is probably the lowest it's been in a long time um that's so scary but like I say still worth doing it take the risk (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also the more people that do it the more traction the whole industry gets and that number will start to go up again. exactly I think it's just it's kind of that you know post-covid hangover whatever we're calling it now but it is I mean I've I've seen it even with like my class at the studio suddenly the numbers all dropped and you think oh when are these students going to come back but um Mm -hmm. I think yeah it's just I guess the landscape's changed quite a lot recently and it will get back up there definitely yeah it will I believe because I'm I'm about to be joining the professional so I really hope it does anyway (laughs) (laughs) what is it you're hoping to do do you want to perform or create what a great question (laughs) (laughs) I used to hate when people ask me this question (laughs) it's one of those things where I'm like I kind of want to do everything I mean so I'm in second year right now and I'm really enjoying choreography I find it very scary I would say really challenging but it's one of those things I think I found scary my whole life and now I'm like trying to be more confident with it and learn to love it because I know I sort of do love it it's just like it's a bit of a process yeah 
but I'm choreographing a piece at the moment which I'm super super excited about so we'll see yeah see how that goes and then also I love performing I love training I think the thing for me is I like just being in the studio every day yeah you know? so it's like <laughs> yeah it's like I don't really know where that's going to take me I'd like to do some more like commercial type of work um yeah I think for the now I'm just gonna I'm enjoying my training trying to delve into choreography a little bit more and then yeah see what see what the world holds but I mean you're only in second year I had no yeah. clue what I was going to do in second year no. I hadn't even really gained a strong interest in choreography like I made work but yeah. it was it definitely wasn't like the forefront of my mind yeah. that I was going to choreograph I think that didn't come like I say to probably after graduating yeah. so you've got time just enjoy it laugh it all up and enjoy oh. it <laughs> and I'm so busy at the moment there is yeah, northern sometimes they just really take no prisoners with their terms oh my gosh I'm in <laughs> from like break up this is it the end of this week the end of this week and I love you I love you northern but this needs <laughs> you're ready <laughs> I'm so, I've never been more ready for a holiday that's the same as my student my saw my student the Tishta this week and like half of them were ill there were injuries oh. and I was like you guys are ready for a break <laughs> honestly I think there's there was like 14 people in ballet today oh. out of a class of like 26 we are dropping like flies yeah, it always happens towards the end of term it really does it really does much needed Easter holidays please please come please come soon so <laughs> your youth company do you train them in Turkish folk or contemporary ballet it's it's basically in my style, which is okay. contemporary dance with influence mm. of Turkish folk dance. Um, and I do try and well, not even try. I do train them like I train the professionals. I don't really simplify things. Mm. And when I create work or often we do rep pieces, it's it's from the professional company because they can handle it. But I, I they they're so talented. But also, there's something about if you teach them at that level they bring they come up to that level and I think as a, you do see a lot I mean not always but especially when I was younger and stuff a lot of um youth choreography is a lot more basic and I just don't think they need it I think they can be treated and trained like professionals and they do work really hard and even some of those younger ones that join me and I think oh are they ready do they need another year before the because we audition every year I always think like do they need another year are they ready but as soon as you put them in that environment they up their game and they're dancing like the 18 year olds and sometimes yeah. they're like 13 or 14 because yeah. yeah I think it's just being part of that environment it's really good and it really it really pushes dancers and they progress so quickly mm -hmm. yeah I joined my youth company when I think I was about 14 as well and being in a room with so many like older talented dancers well, yeah, you look up to them, don't you? Yeah, then... you look up to them. You start copying them. And you yeah, have, exactly. Like, you know, you think, oh, they're so cool. Like, and then you you just, you do jump up. And having been one of those 13-year-olds, it is hard. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's difficult, but so overall, it's really, really It is really, and it's, yeah, it's amazing seeing yeah. them progress from, like, little yeah. kids into these incredible dancers that go off the dance school and training. Yeah. And, yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I can't even imagine how exciting it is to see someone you've been training for five years go off to dance school. It's, yeah, it's the best thing ever. And just knowing that also, like, your class is 
inspired a passion to create a career? Yeah, it is. I mean, I can't take all the credit for it, but it is. They're like, yeah, it's amazing. And when you see someone who comes in like underconfident and then mm-hmm. suddenly they're auditioning for Bromber and Northern the place and they're, ga- they're gaining places in all these at all these amazing schools and you just think, yeah, it's amazing at watching youth dancers grow it's so cool incredible and then rejoining the company yeah Amazing. I've actually now got three in my company oh. in my youth company <laughs> so it's all come back around if you work hard when you're young it pays off <laughs> yeah work hard yeah yeah like you said earlier it's like it is like a family like mm. and also they obviously where they've been training in my style for so long it's not like mm. having to teach a brand new dancer Turkish folk dance and the no. my style they kind of already have it in them which is brilliant yeah if it's been trained from like 13 it's going to be slightly ingrained really exactly yeah and then your piece about um currently that you're making about sort of the the power of women that sort of thing is that inspired um just by the difference between men and women in dance or is it also like in the industry as a whole if you know what I mean like rather than stereotypes just in dance also just like the imbalance in the industry I guess it's throughout yeah it's kind of so my work is always um it's an all I've always had an all-female company and we always use the male Turkish movement on the female body that's what really interested mm-hmm. me in the beginning so I, like I said there was in, in Turkey there was such clear gender roles um on stage in folk dance and I kind of wanted to explore having the male movement on the female bodies, partly because the male movement interested me much more, but also because it was like, well, why why are these amazing female dancers not doing this kind of big, bold, virtuoso movement? Um, so that's where the interest started. And that's always been, in all my works, that's always been the case. And I think now I just felt like it was actually at a, it was at a Q&A after one of my sh- shows from a previous work. Someone was like, oh, I've never seen um, women like lifting other women like that. And it made me think like in as dancers, that's a given. We do that all the time. You lift anyone of any size, shape, gender. You just all dance together. And it made me think actually for non-dance audiences, is, this is probably quite different. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it, it think... shocked me and it shocked the dancers and we were like, that's a weird comment. And when I thought about it, I was like, but it's not a weird comment because if this person's only seen ballet or dance on Strictly Come Dancing on the telly, like, of course they're going to think that's odd that suddenly a woman's lifting a woman and they showing this kind of strength in a different way. Mm. And it's always, like I say, it's always been so relevant in my work, but I thought I've never really made a piece about that and about, I don't know, just yeah show it like you say like the power of women in the female body um so I guess it's like a little bit of a feminist piece mm-hmm. and also just a really fully addressing what I've always done it with the traditional male movement on the female bodies it's quite like an aesthetically driven piece and I think when I first started making it it was maybe a little bit more abstract in lots of ways but then since then having um given given birth to a daughter it made me think in a different way where I was like when I went back to R&D I was thinking well firstly I have even more appreciation for the female body and what it can do it can 
grow and birth and feed a human life it's incredible but also I guess that gender imbalance like so much changes for the woman and not a lot changes for the man they can go back to work as soon as they want and yeah there was just I guess it's kind of like a bit of a feminist piece and I thought I also thought what what do I want my daughter to see like on stage how that I want her to see when she's growing up women being portrayed and it's I guess it's all of these different thoughts and feelings that have kind of come together to make the work that's so cool like um, a very concentrated version of all your pieces sort of into one piece yeah basically that and actually, no, because it's it was our 10-year anniversary last year, I was like, right, I want to actually pay homage to every single piece. So there's, like, yeah. tiny snippets of influence from all the previous works before this one. So there's, like, things that people, I think, that have seen other work will recognise, like, little moments and spatial formation. Oh, that's so exciting. Which is, yeah, it's quite it's been quite fun to revisit and rework things that I made, like, nine, ten years ago. And how old is your daughter now? She's two. Cool, so she'll be able to watch, maybe? Yeah, she's been into rehearsals quite a lot. She loves all the dancers. She loves coming in and running, running around, <laughs> causing havoc. But yeah, I'm excited for her to see the final piece. It's so fun to have kids in the studio when you're dancing. It definitely brings a completely different energy. <laughs> it does. And if you're injured sitting on the side, it definitely brings some more entertainment. Yeah. Every piece should be a feminist piece. Exactly. <laughs> have you got any big tips and tricks for... Dancers leaving training, stress, tired dancers <laughs> leaving training. <laughs> um, I guess just like, I mean, everyone says it, but like, just be true to yourself and what you want and what you enjoy. Like, I think there's this, very much this feeling of like everyone coming out of training, going to audition for all the same things and all the same apprenticeships and all the same postgrad companies. But I think just think about like, yeah, what you actually want. Be true to yourself go to the auditions of the companies that you're genuinely interested in working with um, rather than just going to every single one just to try and get a job. Because at the end of the day, you might, you'll probably end up not liking the job if it's a company that you had no interest in in the beginning. Um, and yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else. That's really good advice to hear though. I think, especially when there's like PPSs and things, you get to the end of training and it's like, who's going to get Scottish, who's going to get Wales, who's going to get the... Yeah, and it, it does get competitive and, like, yeah. everyone's asking, oh, did you get that audition? How did that one go? Oh, mine's next. And, it, yeah, I mean, it's it it can get really competitive. But, um, yeah, try and block out all that competitive noise. Mm. And I think, like I said before, I just think take risks. Doesn't always pay off, but if you're confident enough, nine times out of ten it will. <laughs> If you're confident enough, even if it doesn't, you can tell yourself it did. Yeah, exactly. Fine. But I think also one of the most important things, and I think if I think about my company and how I started, yeah. like you're making your best contacts right now, like the people you're training with. You don't know who's going to be the next big choreographer or who's going to get asked to, um, I don't know, do a music video and they need 20 dancers. Like all of the people that started in my company were either close friends from school or college or training and to stay in contact with everyone you know from your year from the year above the year below whatever it is because when it comes to it and everyone leaves and people start doing things like you're going to be who they call on so I think 
that's probably yeah that's probably the biggest bit of advice I think you are and even your teachers like you you never know what can happen in the future um just any anyone you come across with at this stage it's uh, it's just really important to make good connections and maintain genuine relationships with those people mm. advice I've heard from a couple of people that these are people that will will be in the industry with you yeah no it's exciting exactly they're the ones going to be looking for dancers or choreographers and yeah it's just good yeah good to stay connected and then what about your premiere date so it's may the 16th in the diary at, everyone yes at the um theater royal in brighton as part of brighton festival although there aren't loads of tickets left so if anyone is down this way then book soon book now <laughs> then after that yeah book now um after that, well, we're going to do hopefully like a mini summer tour. We've got Wilderness Festival, which should be mm. really fun. Oh, that would be really fun. Yeah, we've done that a couple of times and it's a, it's just a really nice yeah. chilled festival to be a part of. They've got loads of different dance and arts yeah. going on. So it's great. Um, and then hopefully proper theatre touring from next year. Woo. So I'll keep you updated on that. Please do. <laughs> Love to hear. Fabulous. Well, hopefully I'll see the piece. Yes, fingers crossed. We need to come up your way. We need to come up your way. Come to yes, the big, come definitely. to the big north. I know yeah, it always feels like there's a good the scene moment, up there, especially with, yeah, yeah. You know there is a good scene in yeah, Leeds. Yeah, that's good. That's Friendly scene as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's really nice. Yeah, and if you ever come to Leeds and oh, want yeah. to do some classes or something. Definitely, we'd love to people. come up that way. We need, to, we need to come up north again. I haven't been up north for a while. For a while? It's, yeah. quite, it's yeah. kind of grey at the moment, if I'm honest. I don't want to feed <laughs> into stereotypes. It's pretty grey. I mean, really still same down here, to be honest. So it's not just yeah, it's a very grey day today. Amazing. Lovely. Are you doing any open classes or anything down Brighton? We have um we have classes on all kind of through the week. We run a company class, we run adults classes, kids classes. So yeah, we are we're stopping for Easter, like you guys. But um yeah, we have classes on all the time, to be honest. If anyone's down this way, do come and drop in. Come and see us at the studio. Well, maybe maybe it'll be me. Yes, do it. Maybe Next I'll time be you're there. visiting your brother. <laughs> what um how long are you shutting for Easter? Just two weeks. Two weeks. Well, I'm off for three. So perfect. Come down. Come down. Come and join us. I'm getting down. I'm doing it. But I'm probably <laughs> going to see my brother actually. So maybe. Or I'll do let me you. know. You could yeah, definitely I'll drop come you in. a message. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, do. That'd be so exciting. Oh, lovely. Okay. We can meet in person. <laughs> yes. Hello. You can see. I always want to know when I zoom people how tall they are. You know when I'm you're quite, like, I'm quite tall. How are tall you? are you? <laughs> I'm five foot six. I'm five nine. That's a. I personally think that's a great height. It's a good height. It's a good height for gigs. <laughs> we see you soon lovely thank you so much thank you so much have a nice day and you speak to you later see you later thank you for listening to flow with flow episodes will be out weekly and you can find out more on the instagram flossy 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 spelled f-l-o-s-s-i i hope you enjoyed and i hope you have a lovely week <laughs>